He'd been dealing with that tendonitis back after the slide in Baltimore. But I think we felt like he had, he had kind of rid himself of that. But the last week, 10 days, hadn't been getting treatment. And as you see him swing the bat, but you could tell he was hurting. It's hard, though, because like when we came back, his next swing was like he left his shoes. So we're going to get him imaged tomorrow because we probably need to just to eliminate anything. But I think what their hope is they're just dealing with tendonitis and then get it out of there. Terry Francona last night talking about the update on Josh Naylor, who left the game with some wrist soreness. Someone's this has been bothering him for a little while, but it's the first time he's really left the game with it. So we'll get the latest updates on that, hopefully today, and see what his status is for tonight's game. But in the meantime, as we talk some Guardians, we welcome in Zach Meisel. Covers the Guardians for the Athletic does a great job of doing so at that. He joins us on the North Olmsted Crest of Jeep Dodge Ram Hotline. Zach, in honor of the Nathan's Hot Dog Eating Contest, we're asking people this. I'm going to throw it to you as well. What is a food eating competition that you think you could win? Uh, chocolate chip cookies, without question. Mm, is there a specific, like, is it your mom's? Is it your wife's? Like, is there a specific cookie that you'd have or just any chocolate chip cookie? It's It's, it's good. Yeah, specifically, whichever ones are just sitting in front of me. <laughs> no, it, it, I was having this conversation with colleagues in the press box last night, actually, and, you know, we're throwing around, you're trying to think of, like, what's the most my favorite meal where it's just I need that second and third helping. And then the more I thought about it, the more I'm like, you know what, every day I'm here, even, it doesn't matter. Some days you're in a press box and the cookies look really good and you, yeah, you have to control yourself. Some days they just don't even look good at all, but <laughs> they're just they're still chocolate chip cookies, so I have no choice and I can't can't help myself. That would uh I would be the Joey Chestnut of chocolate chip cookies. All right. Well, maybe there's a there's a there's a path for that in your future if they ever do a national cookie eating contest. We're going to get Zach signed up. Um let's talk some Guardians obviously. Um what's the latest on Naylor? We we sort of heard the clip there from uh, Tito, obviously, but how concerned, I guess, should fans be about this risk? It seems like it's something he's been dealing with. Is this the type of thing where maybe it's best he just sits it out the rest of the week and sort of goes in the all-star break with a little more time to heal, or do you think he'll be back quickly here, potentially even in the lineup tonight? Yeah, I don't know. It's hard to say because while he's been dealing with it on and off, he's been hitting so well that it's clearly hasn't been bothering him yeah. too, too much. Um so he's getting some MRIs today on it, and, and they'll go from there. It is a little weird, the timing, because you can get creative, and there's a 10-day injured list, and you've got four five days off next week with the All-Star break. So uh, you certainly could manipulate that, and he would miss minimal time just the next handful of days. But um, certainly given the state of their lineup and how much he means to them and how well he's been hitting, you don't want him to miss any time. So... Uh, I'm sure we'll know more today, but um, certainly one of two essential hitters to this lineup. I'm not usually one to get outraged by the results of all-star game voting and the roster decisions and all these things, but, I mean, leaving Naylor off to me is pretty egregious, no? Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I, I Like, I have the first base stats pulled up in front of me right now because I feel like I've studied this on and off for the last couple of weeks in advance of this decision um, by his peers in the league. But 
Yandy Diaz has been the best first baseman in the American League. For sure. Hands down. There's no question there. His his numbers are incredible. Uh, after that, I mean, yeah, you, you certainly could build a case for Naylor. Um, I, I think his numbers are pretty similar to Vladimir Guerrero Jr.'s. Uh, they're pretty similar to Nathaniel Lowe at the Rangers. So I, I think Anthony Rizzo's right there, too. Like, a lot of similarities. It's kind of just which stats do you prefer. The thing you have to remember is, like, when the peer vote, like they, they don't look that closely at this stuff, right? They just they scribble down either guys with great reputations or maybe in certain cases, like, oh, I know that this guy's been having a really good year because – we faced him and he killed us. And I remember looking at the scoreboard and his numbers were off the charts or, you know, he's been the talk of the clubhouse or I know in the pitcher meetings, we were circling this hitter. So like things like that are what dictate the player vote. And that's how you get weird things like Whit Merrifield getting on and instead of Wander Franco, things like that. So I, I don't think this is like some egregious snub and we need to march to the MLB offices and demand change, <laughs> but I do think you could have built a case for Naylor. Um, And I think if you're also looking at just in in terms of Cleveland's deserving all-stars, like he was probably more deserving than Classe. I think think there are some relievers out there who have gripes with Classe making it over them. Whereas, you know, if you're Vladimir Guerrero Jr., I don't think you're beating your chest saying, I've been so much better than Josh Naylor. I deserve this. Talking with Zach Meisel here on the hotline. On, while we're on the injury subject, let's let's pivot to McKenzie here because we obviously got the update that he's going to try to continue to rehab it. He's not going to go through with just going straight to surgery for this UCL tear. Um, I just – is it worth going the rehab route? Because I, I think back, like, one of the only players I think I can think of off the top of my head, and this is because obviously – Growing up a Red Sox fan, I, I followed that team so closely. Like David Price, however many years ago, um, he sort of went the rehab route. And for whatever reason, there was I remember reading a story about how his elbow was just kind of different. Like it kind of did heal itself and it worked out. But the numbers suggest that it's so rare that these guys actually just, after they have a UCL tear, they just heal and, and then they're back to normal. It generally ends with them needing the surgery. Like is it worth McKenzie going through and trying to rehab it and get back for the now rather than maybe just kind of biting the bullet and trying to get back as best he can for next year after Tommy John surgery. Yeah, so there's a few things in play here. Number one is if he gets the surgery right now, he is probably out for most of next season. And remember, when these guys come back after missing 12 to 15 months, you're not coming back pumping 98 and ready to log 110 pitches and throw 200 innings, right? You have to ease into it. So best case scenario, if he has the surgery right this second, next season is mostly a wash. It's it's like that. Come back in September and make a couple piggyback starts, that sort of thing. So if he waits, if he goes through this rehab process and he'll pick up a baseball in three weeks and then start the throwing program. And at that point he'll have been shut down for six weeks. So it'll take about six weeks to get back. So you're looking at September this year anyway. And if he goes through this throwing program next month and it's just not going well and he decides, you know what, it's, we're going to have to go the surgery route, well, then he misses next season anyway, but he was already going to miss most or all of next season. So he has a little bit of flexibility to just see how this goes 
and take that path. And the reason I, and I don't know this because I, we haven't talked to him yet, um, but I do suspect, and, and this is why it's, it's you know, I think everybody, it's, fun, it's amazing how everyone turns into a doctor um, when, when this sort of news comes out. But first of all, he, he visited three renowned medical right, people right. who gave opinions, and I think there might have been some slightly differing opinions, and it left a little bit on his plate. And I think the team probably had some preferences and recommendations, but he's the one who ultimately has to make these decisions. Because if you look at where he's at in his career, and he's had injuries in his history, right? And he had some pretty extensive uh, contract extension talks with the team in the spring. and They didn't get anything done. And he's going to be arbitration eligible for the first time this offseason. And he's just in a part of his career where this is where you sort of submit yourself as someone who's going to earn life-changing money and and really, you know, whether it's in Cleveland or whether it's somewhere else eventually, like get that contract that's going to give you that security for life. And that's starting soon. Like he's in that spot. And if he misses all of next year, I mean, that, that first of all, he's only made two starts this year. So the arbitration number is probably not going to be as big as it could have been this offseason. And then if, if, you know, if they were talking contract extension in the spring, well, what are those, talk's going to be like next spring. They're either going to be non-existent or they're going to be extremely team-friendly with a lot of incentives and things like that where he has to prove he can come back from injury and stay healthy. So it's just, if you're him, I understand wanting to try every possible option aside from a surgery that's going to knock him out for a long time, and there's no guarantee that you come back the same. So I understand it. And because of the timeline here, he's got a little bit of wiggle room where he can go this route and it doesn't necessarily have to mean anything different if he ends up in unique surgery. Well, I'm certainly not a doctor. I don't play one on TV, so I, I don't pretend to know all the answers to this stuff. And I thought that was a very well thought out response as to why he's going the route he is. So, I, I, again, I just kind of go off of the numbers and the history and what that tells us. And obviously the odds aren't good, but that puts it in perspective for sure. I, I, I think that's very, very clear. Talking with Zach Meisel here on the show. Um, why is T- this is more so just a curiosity question for me. Why is Tito so staunchly against a six man rotation? Just because he doesn't want to shorten his bullpen. Um, I think just the way they use – I mean, they've – look, Class A leads the league in appearances. That ends up there, too. They have done a good job, though, of avoiding guys pitching three straight days. I think we've seen minimal instances of that. And so they're they're cautious with that stuff. And they play in so many close games that they yeah. needed – Guys, like it's it, it's always high intensity innings, right? Like Class A pitching in a six to two game Sunday night in Chicago was that was supposed to be easy. That was supposed to be like stress free, and it obviously wasn't. So it's more so just you can only have thirteen pitchers. So if you have six starters, that's seven relievers, and I think he's much more comfortable with eight relievers. Has Oscar Gonzalez earned a call up to the major leagues yet? Um, I know everyone's kind. Of, this is the like the hot topic of the now. Everyone's looking at his numbers against lefties and all this different stuff, and they're concerned about some of the other outfield production you're getting from a batting standpoint. And I think it's an easy jump because he's been up here before. But what say you on Oscar Gonzalez? I probably would have said no about a week and a half ago, but um, he's been crushing the ball for the last. 
about that time period, a week and a half. And, and it's, it's honestly, I think it's more to do with just what I'm seeing at the major league level than what he's doing in AAA. But, um, yeah, I mean, they could use power and they could use less of Miles Straw as an everyday hitter. So that means you have to play Will Brennan in center. That means you have to play Stephen Kwan in center. Some, um, I do think it's worth it. And I, I think they're, I, I think they're not frustrated, but a little, maybe skeptical about Gonzalez's just long-term ability to, to stick in the majors because his fatal flaw is that he has no plate discipline, right? He's swinging at stuff out of the zone all the time. And it did work last season, but I think the more pitchers see you and, and see that trait, they're just never going to throw you strikes. And if you can't prove that you can resist that stuff, then, I mean, it's just, it's really hard to make a living in the major leagues that way. So they sent him down to AAA hoping that, you know, that would, uh, he would work on that. But it's also tough to do in AAA just because the pitchers aren't as experienced and they're not as talented and you don't really follow scouting reports as closely. So, you know, even if he is hitting well, that doesn't necessarily mean he's made the necessary changes. But honestly, at this point, given this team's needs, yeah, it can't hurt. And if they're not willing to play Gabriel Arias every day and they are for some reason so stubborn with Miles Straw, um, I do think Gonzalez is a better option at least just a few times a week in, in giving you potential power. A few more moves to Zach Meisel of The Athletic. You can follow him on Twitter at Zach Meisel, M-E-I-S-E-L. Uh, all right, I'm going to play a little bit of a game here. I'm going to give you a name. I have a list of names. We're going to kind of go down the list here, and you're going to tell me if they're with the Major League Club come, let's say, August. So right after the trade deadline. So, And these are guys, too, who maybe are part of, are part of trade rumors, but to kind of go off the Oscar Gonzalez conversation, also might be guys in the minors who could get the call up or a guy in the majors who might get the call down. So we'll start with the obvious one, Shane Bieber. I'll say he is, but I go back and forth on that by the hour, I think. I agree. Yeah, it's 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 hard to figure that one out and, and, and dissect it. Um, Josh Bell. Yeah, yeah. I mean he's I think you're stuck with him for next year too. Yeah. Um Gavin Williams. Yes. Although don't be surprised when he and maybe Bybee too. They they got they have to be careful with these guys. Yeah. Just with monitoring their workloads, because like Gavin Williams last year threw 115 innings, so you're not going to see him get up past I don't know 135, 140, I would guess. Mm. So do you let me to, to uh, an extension of that one? Does he stay with the club the rest of the year? You think Gavin Williams, or does he go back down at some point? Well, I think kind of what they've done with Logan Allen here, where he's in AAA mm. and he's there's sort of. Like he's starting today, but he's got, I think it's Plesak piggybacking off him. So he'll only go, I don't know, three, four, gotcha. maybe five innings. So you'll see that where they just get a breather for a couple weeks. And, and you can, you know, the all-star break helps and you can sort of finagle this um, to make it work. And maybe you don't have to send both of them to, to AAA at one point and you can just use off days to your advantage. But yeah, you'll see those guys. They'll, they'll be they'll be pretty careful with them. Two more here. One we just talked about, Oscar Gonzalez. Uh, yeah, I, I think he's got to come up. Uh, the, the easy move is probably Arias down to AAA to just play every day for a month. But, yeah, I think he'll be up by then. 
And lastly, Ahmed Rosario. Yeah. I, how they've handled the shortstop thing with this glut of middle infield prospects is just so puzzling, and I feel – I mean, I ask about it constantly, and I feel like I'm <laughs> more confused by the day. But, yeah, I, I think he'll be here, and he'll just walk as a free agent. Last thing to get you out of here, the uh, Savannah Banana Fever made its way to Akron the last couple nights, and it looked like it was awesome. Like, I saw people posting pictures on Facebook and social media about it. Would you have paid, though, because I think that initially tickets were like 20 bucks, and it was just general seating. But I think, like, on the secondary market, they made their uh, the, the, the cost cut up to, like, $200-plus. Would you have paid that to go see the Savannah Bananas? I don't think so. But I wonder, can we, like, like once a season, every major league team has to perform like they perform? And we get to see, like, Tito <laughs> doing, like, the Rockettes dances. That would like be that. awesome. I love this idea. <laughs> I'd pay for that. Yeah, no, that would be incredible. Yeah, it's funny because it hit me. Yes, it hit me um, like Monday morning that they were in town, and I was like, "Oh, that actually might have been a good thing." I mean, you know, with a with a little one, like it would have been maybe cool to go to. And then I kind of checked, and I was like, "Well, what are secondary ticket marks?" And I was like, "Yep, nope, not happening this year." So I'll, I'll get them next time they come back around. But anyway, I digress. Uh, Zach Meisel, always appreciate his time. You can follow him on Twitter at Zach Meisel. Read his work. At The Athletic, he does a tremendous job. He'll be there covering the game, of course, tonight for some Independence Day baseball. Zach, have a rest. Have a great rest of your Independence Day. Always appreciate these conversations, man. Take care. All right, I'm off to find some cookies. I'll see you. Ah, there you go. Stuff your face with those chocolate chip cookies. Good stuff. Always appreciate Zach, man. We uh, react to that on the other side. I feel, I feel that Josh Naylor's snub is a little bit more uh, egregious than maybe Zach does. We'll talk about it when we get back here on 92 to the Fan. I don't think so, but I wonder, can we, like, like once a season, every major league team has to perform like they perform? And we get to see, like, Tito <laughs> doing, like, the Rockettes dances. That would like be that. awesome. I love this idea. <laughs> I'd pay for that. Yeah, no, that would be incredible. Yeah, it's funny because it hit me, yes, it hit me, um, like, Monday morning that they were in town, and I was like, Oh, that actually might have been a good thing. I mean, you know, with a with a little one, like it would have been maybe cool to go to. And then I kind of checked, and I was like, well, what are secondary ticket marks? And I was like, yep, nope, not happening this year. So I'll, I'll get them next time they come back around. I think that's a brilliant idea by Zach. Just pick a random day in the summer where it's like the I don't know dance party day or something, and yeah, or, or or be the Savannah Bananas for a day, and you do all that quirky stuff throughout the game. Rob Manfred comes up with all the ways to make baseball be more despised. I think Zach Miles just gave him an idea to get the uh, the younger crowd, the younger audience, back into the game and caring again. It was brilliant. A brilliant idea by Zach Miles. 216-474-992. We're juggling a couple things here right now. Uh, I want to get to Zach's response about Josh Naylor not being in the All-Star game. I think it's more egregious than he seemed to let on, and we'll talk about why. We'll, we'll get to that here in just a second. I, I do need to go through, though, because I'm the, we're, we're hot and heavy on the what food competition do you think you could win? against? Again, and the, the stipulation is it's against amateurs. I'm not putting you out there against Joey Chestnut in today's Nathan hot dog, Nathan's Hot Dog Eating Contest. It would be like in your town, they're doing an eating contest for apple pie or fill-in-the-blank, 
and you would sit down and have to eat that thing. What is one that you think you could win? 216-474-0092. I'm going to make you wait for my answer. But I'm getting some good ones on social media. I shared the Tiramisu one. Uh, this one comes from Lisseroy1 on Twitter, who says, Girl Scout Thin Mint Cookies. I like that one a lot. That's a really good answer. They're small enough that you could definitely pop a bunch of those, but also delicious. That's actually a competition I want to see. Are Thin Mint Cookies good with milk, you think? It seems like the type of cookie that would be good with milk. And there's like the mint aspect to it. I don't know. Maybe that's a hot take. I don't know. Um, we have Nick Wilson, host on Afternoon Drive, of course, jumping in on this, which I love. And he just sent me the Emperor Palpatine gif where he says all of them. So Nick believes he can win any eating competition. Put it in front of him. Give him the food. He'll win it. Uh, and then this one was obscure, man. This one is weird to me. Uh, at underscore watch your six on Twitter says ham. Ham eating competition? I guess I need to, I, I guess I need some clarification here. Is it like a smoked honey ham, like from uh, Christmas with the Cranks, where she's going to the grocery store and trying to get the smoked honey ham because it's her daughter's favorite and she's coming home? And they're trying to surprise her, and she fights the woman for it in the parking lot. Or are we talking, like, is it like that thick-cut ham that you eat at the holidays? Or is it more so, like, the slices of ham that you buy cold cuts at the grocery store for sandwiches? Because the latter of those sounds kind of gross to me. Those cold cuts are already filled with a whole bunch of gross stuff at times. But... If it's, that, if it's the thicker smoked hams that you eat at the holidays, I guess I could see that being a competition. Still a very obscure one. Ham. I don't know anybody who loves ham that much, but apparently uh, Jason on Twitter does. Uh, let's go to Mike in Cleveland. Mike, what's up, man? All right. Hey, happy uh, Fourth of July. You as well. I'm going to tell you right now, uh, from past experience, I've polished off four dozen oysters before. And I know I could have kept going, mm. but we had to eat dinner. Four dozen. So, yeah. I mean, that's not that much. I guess not. When you think about, like, the oysters, like, you're taking the middle of it out. There's not, like, the, the oyster yeah. of itself is bigger than what you're actually eating out of the oyster. So that's fair. I mean, they have different, there are different sizes. These were not small by any, but they were not, like, the biggest ones either, you know. But uh, for sure, I could handle oysters, and I'm... Guaranteeing, I can probably I'm probably gonna do about a pound of of uh, macaroni salad today. Mm, all right. Well, I feel bad for whoever wants to get some of the macaroni salad then, because you're probably gonna eat most oh, of the plenty. Well, the my mom makes enough for an army. <laughs> Love to hear it, man. Hey, enjoy the barbecue. Appreciate you jumping in with us. Yeah, yeah. See you, Mike. Getting some good topics. Um. We'll come back to this because I still have to give an answer. I, I said I was just going to take the easy way out and say mac and cheese. But, again, everyone's saying mac and cheese. There's been like four mac and cheese answers at this point. So I have a different one in mind, though, so we'll get to it. But you're more than welcome to jump in. I love the tweets we're getting on it. I love the calls we're getting on it. Real quick, because we had Zach Meisel on, and we talked about Josh Naylor not being in the All-Star game. Here's what Zach had to say about Naylor not being selected. 
it's hard to say because while he's been dealing with it on and off, he's been hitting so well that clearly hasn't been bothering him too, too much. So he's getting some MRIs today on it, and, and they'll go from there. It is a little weird, the timing, because you can get creative, and there's a 10-day injured list, and you've got four, five days off next week with the All-Star break. I just think, um, all right, so here's the thing. He laid out some of the numbers. I'm going to read you these stat lines here. First of all, Naylor's flirting with a 300 batting average. He has 60 RBI, which is tied for fifth in baseball. And he's on pace to already shatter his career high, which was 79 last year. He's got an on-base percentage of 337, an OPS of 804, which is 53rd overall. Uh, just 10 homers, which is tied for 97th. That one's a little bit lower when you're sort of copying these guys. 82 hits, which is 47th overall. He's tied for 43rd with 18 doubles. But there's a bunch of guys who have 18. I mean, the guy is putting up numbers. He's having a phenomenal start to the season. I guess not the start anymore. We're like midway through. I want to play you when we get back. Because there's the other perspective of this, which is Naylor the other night. I used this clip yesterday when I was doing 2020s. Naylor talked about why it didn't exactly bother him that he didn't get selected. He kind of anticipated it. I want to play that. And react to it. I also want to play Tito. Tito isn't the kind of coach or manager for that, to use the baseball term, or just person who's going to hold a team, not hostage, but hold their feet to the fire and like force them to do stuff. In in the uh, ilk of LeBron, who would always come here before the deadline and talk about what he needed to win and what was going to get the team over the top. That's not Tito's MO. But he 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 came about as close as he ever will to letting you know that he recognizes what the team needs last night in his post-game press conference. We'll get to that as well. More Guardians talk on the other side. Also in the final hour, I need to revisit what was just a lazy, terrible take. From last week. Not from people, not, not from anybody on this station. It's more of a national head. But I need to revisit it because it had me uh, fired up. 216 474 92. We take a break when we get back. More Guardians coming your way next on the fan. I mean, I knew I wouldn't make the team to begin with, to be honest with you. I didn't really have, uh, like, plans to do it because I knew I wouldn't make it, so it didn't really affect me at all. It's a blessing to do it, don't get me wrong. Um, great opportunity, but I just, I didn't, I didn't think I would to begin with. But it had no part in anything. I, it wasn't really in my mind at all. I thought that clip was interesting. Most of the part where, again, that was Josh Naylor after Sunday's game talking about not being an all-star game selection. The part where he said, I didn't really expect it, so I wasn't really bothered by it. Are players who play here just, like, ingrained? Like, do they just kind of accept that they know they're not going to get the votes that they should because it's Cleveland, it's a small market? And this is why I don't... I don't think 
that all-star game snubs are something to like be up at arms about or getting on your soapbox on social media and yelling into the abyss about. I'm not that guy, and I'm not going to do that behind this microphone. But I do think he's a, a snub, and I agree with the one thing Zach did said where um, he said, you know, if you match up him and Vladdy Jr.'s numbers, they're similar. You could probably argue there's a case for Naylor to be a little bit better, but it's, you know, it's Vladdy Jr., so I, it kind of makes sense in the end. But he did say that he thought Naylor at least deserved to get in or be selected as a reserve over an Emmanuel Classe, who's had some rough moments this, this season, and there's probably relievers who are more deserving than him. That I 100% agree with with Zach. He downplayed that Naylor maybe was an obvious snub, but I think he is, and I am a little bit outraged by it because I think he, listen, he's having an incredible year. He's leading first baseman in RBI. He is putting up career numbers. I just thought he deserved it. Again, I'm not going to lose my mind about it. But what I want to get to more about what Naylor said. And this is the thing that kind of makes me the most mad about the All-Star stuff in general is you got people voting on this. And I know it just doesn't work this way. It's a fan thing. So fine. But if you're if you're watching baseball and you consider yourself a baseball fan. I just want people to. Stop doing the like, I'm just going to vote for the 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 top name players or my team's my team's their entire starting lineup on my team because I think they deserve it. And that's the way I'm going to vote. Like, if you're going to vote, vote seriously. And that's where I cut. That's where the lines kind of cross here on fans voting for the all star game and not really taking it seriously where they're not actually studying to see, like, oh, who's actually putting up good numbers at this position and maybe deserves it over others. They just vote based on the names they know and their team. But where that blurs with what I'm trying to get to with Naylor is him sort of realizing he, accepting he wasn't it wasn't going to happen for him. I just wonder if that's a Cleveland thing. Like, guys who come here and play here just kind of know, we're probably not going to get the love because we're a small market team. It's unfortunate. But I think that's probably fair that they kind of go into it with that mindset. Like, he's not Vladdy Jr. status at this point. He may never be Vladdy Jr. status. He probably never will be because he doesn't have a dad who was the star that Vladimir Guerrero was, where people already kind of knew that going in, and then this guy has his videos of his home runs getting just shared all over social media, and he plays in a bigger market, flat out. Because I was surprised that he was so accepting of the fact that it just wasn't going to happen for him. But I think that's the sad truth of it. Like, Cleveland's just always going to be forgotten. And it's not just baseball this happens. We see it in basketball, too. Last year, we were all arguing that it wasn't just Jared Allen that should be an all-star. Darius Garland should be one, too. And nobody cared. They're not on national TV enough. They're not a team on people's radar enough. And I think that's just kind of the sad truth of it. Now, to take this to the next level, I wonder if that ever affects free agent signing here. Because, listen, Naylor can sit there and say right now that he didn't care and it's not that big of a deal and he kind of expected it. But right now, all-star appearances and all those you know accolades aren't necessarily impacting his, his paycheck. 
Now, it can if he became like a Super 2 or something like that, but he's beyond that at this point. But at, at where he is in his career, it's not impacting because he doesn't have the contract that has all these other stipulations or incentives or anything like that where he maybe gets bonuses for certain things. It could impact him down the line, and that's where I'm saying right now maybe it doesn't matter. But does it prohibit, on top of the fact that the Guardians don't spend a lot of money, but does it prohibit other free agents from wanting to come here when they realize that, like, well, they're not going to get the recognition and the all-star appearances and some of these other bigger awards that fans kind of have an impact on because it's Cleveland and the market size and people just aren't paying attention. I It was a thought I had. I could be out on my own on this. I just I had to wonder when Josh Naylor just seems so nonchalant about not being an all-star selection. It was kind of weird. And I understand he's going to say the right things and be humble five. But it just kind of dawned on me that I I didn't imagine he'd be that accepting. Where he just said, yeah, I kind of figured it wasn't going to happen. Another thing I want to get to. Terry Francona is never going to be the LeBron James call out the organization and demand this, that, and the third. But... He had a comment last night after the Braves game and the loss 4-2 to two, that I think summed up his thoughts and kind of his self-awareness of what this team is missing. Unfortunately, the hits left the ballpark. I think we out-hit them, but there's one a lot farther than ours did. You make a mistake sometimes, and... This is a lineup. This is probably the ultimate lineup. If you leave something over, they can they hit two the other way. They're a pretty dangerous team. He flat out said, we out hit them, but theirs just went out. Tito knows. Tito knows what the problem is here. He recognizes that his team can still manufacture hits. They can still manufacture some runs. They're still a competitive group. But he is basically conceding that this team doesn't have the power of the juggernaut teams in baseball. And when you have the one that now after last night has the best record in baseball, is red hot through the, the early summer portion of the schedule here in the Braves, as a recent World Series champion, that felt like in a way him conceding that his team just wasn't going to be able to compete with that team because they don't have the, the bats to do it. And, again, I'm not saying Tito is ever going to sit there and bang the drum and tell the front office what to do. There is a level of trust within that organization that is, I mean, it is and it is truly a, what's the, what's the phrase I'm looking for? It is a, a beautiful thing to see because you don't get that in a lot of, it's in certain organizations where there's so much continuity and everybody on the same page, they all have bought into the system. They all have bought into what the Guardians do here in terms of developing talent, getting them to the majors, trading them before they have to pay them, and recouping some of of that talent, rebuilding the farm, and then you start all over steps one through ten. It's a a cycle. It's it's, It's the circle of Guardians baseball. And it works. They're all on the same page on it. They're all in sync on it. So I know Tito's never just going to sit there, call out 
the organization and say they're not doing enough or we need more of this or we need more of that. But that felt like kind of a concession that they just ain't got enough to beat the big dogs of the majors right now. And, and when you're when you got one right in front of you that is hitting it out of the yard, it's an easy observation to make. What better time to point out that, yeah, we just didn't hit ours out and, and, and make it known that the team you're playing, you out hit them, but they got more power than us, which we know reigns supreme in the postseason, than when you're playing literally the hottest team in baseball and arguably the best team in baseball in the Braves when they're in town at your building. It's unfortunate because there was a jam-packed crowd last night. Like, you want to see them win, and, and that's Kind of what I was saying earlier, like, just give me one. Just give me one against the Braves, and I'll feel pretty good about this thing. You got the Royals to close out the first half, and I still feel good about my, they're going to finish in first, or they'll be in first at the All-Star break prediction I made a couple weeks ago. If they can just get one against the Braves. But I just found that quote interesting and it was a self-awareness from Tito that his team clearly is lacking something and stating the point. They hit theirs out. We didn't. How are the Guardians going to improve from here at the deadline or otherwise? It's going to be if they somehow find a power bat because Josh Bell, who they thought was supposed to fill that void, ain't getting it done. He just ain't getting it done. And you got these trade rumors that maybe Bieber gets flipped for a for a big bat, although I don't think that's really the Guardians' M.O. when they trade these big-name players that, that are due big money. They usually are just getting prospects, not already proven talents. Um, yeah, man, I, uh, I just found it interesting that he was making it known. Guardians don't have the same power as this team. What do we know the Guardians need? A power bat. The deadline's not too far away either. So even Tito recognizes and isn't afraid to kind of admit here what the team's shortcomings are. 216-474-0092. We take a break. When we get back, I will reveal my answer to a food-eating competition that I think I could win. We'll get Jake's. We'll get Kayla's. We'll get some more from you. Also, I got to revisit a take from last week. Again, it's not anybody on the station. I want to make that clear from the jump. I'm not going to sit here and call out Ken Carmen or Lima or anybody for a take that they had. That's not, I'm not trying to stir the pot here and get myself getting, uh, reached out to for comment on the morning show like I did after I said bring on the Knicks. I'm not trying to open myself up to that again. At least not right now. Maybe next year. Not when I'm about to go on vacation. Um, but a take from a national head that covers the NFL that I thought was just lazy and trying to make something that isn't really there. Hey, by the way, we have three easy steps to make sure you'll never miss a beat of the Cleveland sports scene this summer. First, download the Odyssey app to your smartphone to listen to 92 to the fan wherever you go. Two, Follow 92 to the fan on the Odyssey app to get breaking news texted to your smartphone. And finally, third but not least, 
Use the rewind function on the Odyssey app to listen to any of our local shows over the past 72 hours. It's that easy, folks. 216-474-0092. We take a break. Lots to come in the final hour with yours truly, Spencer German, here on 92 to the Fan. 